The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. I'm a partner at Protus Global. Protus Global is a people solutions business, and I focus primarily in the adult consumable space. My guest today is someone that I've I've been on a panel with before. He runs the LA-based social equity initiative that seeks vets tra- uh, and trains finances and partners and individuals from communities who have been heavily impacted by the application of criminal justice to own and operate competitive retail businesses. And we'll get into this, but I'm really happy and pleased that Mr. Kareem Webb uh, agreed to, to join me today. And I'm looking forward to having a chat with him. And Kareem is also a member of the Protus Global uh, Social Equity Panel. So I really uh, appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today, Kareem. Lars, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you um, that you would agree to share the platform. Uh, I know we care about the same thing, so I'm looking forward to having this conversation. No, absolutely. We do. And I'm, I've been looking forward to this. But hey, let's, let's allow the folks to get to know you a little bit. So are you, did you come back to L.A. to be in L.A. because L.A. was home? Yeah, I'm born and raised in Southern California. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> L.A., West Coast dude, through and through, you know, <laughs> you know, as as it were, you know, our culture is multifaceted. So respect for for all of it all over the country. But you definitely know an L.A. cat versus a South Florida cat versus a New York cat versus a Chicago cat. And if, yeah. if you know me well, you know, that's that's a L.A. dude. Yeah. No, I got now. Tell me about the beginnings. I mean, where in L.A. and uh, did you 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 grow up and go to school, high school? Well, like uh, for all of us, the beginnings really begin with my parents who both yeah. grew up in single parent households. You know, as we say, uh, uh, as my, my father would say, not poor, but with no money. <laughs> You know, yeah. a lot of love and church and all of that, but with and rich in many other things. Yeah, rich in many other things, and uh, uh, was fortunate enough, you know, to get a job at a really critical time for this uh, growth company called McDonald's, yeah. and parlayed that from like being an assistant manager to a corporate executive. And so, when I was eleven, he cashed in um, stock that he had accumulated to leverage his equity to buy his first two McDonald's. So I was able to grow up in the franchise entrepreneurial space here in Southern Got California. Got it. Yeah. Go to high school here, attended uh-huh. Morehouse College, came back to LA um, after school, and have really been here ever since on my own entrepreneurial journey and in the food service business as well, and trying to find ways to make a difference. Yeah, and and we're gonna talk about that. You've uh, you're doing more than trying to find a way, Kareem. You're doing it, man, and that's that's why I wanted to to hear. We can all learn from you, and and I think that's very important. So why why Morehouse? You go across the country to Morehouse. You pass up a lot of other schools in state, but Morehouse. Tell me about that. Why Morehouse? You're you're uh, you gonna ruin my story. Said so like such a feel good story, but I don't have a feel good answer to be honest. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was like an athlete coming out of high school and okay. uh, I wanted to go to Pepperdine. I had a scholarship to be able to play basketball at Pepperdine. Yeah. And I'd gone to a Catholic high school that was really kind of mixed and mm -hmm. I think my old man probably thought I was a little sheltered from reality. And uh -huh. I was like, you know, listen, we do well enough to afford to send you to school. You're not going to the NBA. So <laughs> why would you go to an extension of the school that you just left? Because I was thinking about, you know, being in Malibu playing basketball. Well, it doesn't get much life. better than that, right? That's what you're, you're thinking. But look, they sent you to the Harvard of uh, HBCU, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, when I got there, I probably wasn't the most serious student. No, I know I wasn't. You know, yeah. it was 1992. Yeah. The album was out. You know, yeah. guys from L.A. as HBCUs can be a little cliquish. And, yeah. um, you know, other things uh, were probably my priorities rather than really taking advantage of what is Morehouse. But I will tell you, mm -hmm. at the time I spent in King Chapel, um, mm -hmm. uh, being on campus, uh, you know, around really an institution of excellence and pride in uh, being African-American, being Black, mm -hmm. uh, being in the AUC around the other schools and Spelman. Um, and then, you know, like most HBCUs, that one is in, uh, you know, a lower income part of town. And so then walking off campus, I used to work at McDonald's that was in the West End. Yeah. So you're in a polyester uniform, you get off campus, it's a totally different story. You got to walk, you know, three quarters of a mile or whatever, you know, and it's a lot different than the suburbs I grew up in. So you have a kind of a 360 experience when you go to an HBCU for sure. Yeah, that's that that is true. Um, I've, I've, I've spent uh, I, I spent a semester at an HBCU, but that was it. Um, but I, I visited many times. I will tell you that. Okay. <laughs> you, you look at your 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 salt and pepper is of the vintage. You might know something about Freaknik. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, that so you know what did you get? I mean, I, I love the fact. Let's put it together. So uh, you grow up in an environment at home where your 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 dad, your mom, your family were entrepreneurs. Yeah. So you saw people, you know, they ha you had something, but you they you saw how hard they worked. No right? question. You saw how hard it wasn't free. You knew that what it took uh, to to you had a sense of what it took to get there. What did you get at 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 Morehouse? You think that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else to make it come together for you, just you personally, Corinne? There's a, you get a concentrated history of what it means to be black in the United States of America. So, uh, you know, all of us amongst each other know who we are because we all code switch in some ways. Right. So, you know, if you go to your black friend's house on the holiday, the food is going to be seasoned a certain way. Yeah. You know, the kind of card games you play is going to be, you know, certain kind of card games or dominoes. The sayings are going to be, you just have, it's cultural. Mm -hmm. And that extends to, at the HBCU, you know, it's uh, when you go into the student center and people are playing spades, you know, when I went to visit my friends at UCLA and SC where well, ain't nobody playing spades, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the center. So there's that. 
But then, you know, in political science, in all your classes, history, English, right. whatever, primarily you've got African-American professors and uh, they are going deeper with with respect to our experience, you know, you know, at a time that is not this time. And I'm talking about post-George Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, kind of intense uh, spotlight on the African-American experience in this country, uh, different then certainly would be the case at Pepperdine or some non-HBCU. You are getting exposed to history, um, you know, and really the depths of institutional racism, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and not in an accusatory way, in a very fact-based way that kind of prepares you, I think, to getting out in the world and, and, and understanding what you're up against and opening your eyes by opening yeah. up your eyes, man. Your yeah. Eyes are wide open when you leave Morehouse College. Well, that that's uh, that's wonderful because that doesn't always happen. Um, you know, and you could uh, you could walk into some things blindly and not being able to deal with it. And that's good. That's good. So the thing I got out of that is you you've experienced multicultural uh, scenarios that, um, has brought you back now. You're in LA, you've been there for years, right? It's home. You came back from school. You did that. Uh, you got immediately, I mean, you've been in the community. Where did you get that from? You know, you, you're, and we're going to talk about some of these things you're active with, some of these associations and organizations, and you're in the community, but you're in the, you're in, you're in the community, but you're also in the broad perspective of the community. It's, it, you know, it, it comes from, you know, from what you come, man, it just mm-hmm. matters. And I saw my parents doing it and my father, especially. So yeah, there's 300 black families around the United States that own McDonald's. They have their own organization, the National Black McDonald's Owner Operator Association. Okay. Uh, I grew up going to conferences with other black successful people who right. had the same businesses and had that shared experience of being McDonald's franchisees but we're culturally aligned and many of those folks end up being like quasi cousins and uncles and people that you're close to. I saw my dad engaged in community. It was never um, about our family or about their wealth first. It was about how does he make a difference and how does he show up? I'm listening to him have conversations with people who work right beside me on the grill or while I was on fries or in the drive through at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, all, you know, throughout life, just seeing, you know, um, not only what they did, but how they did it and how they showed up in the world and they lived their morals and values and, and being a part of the community in in important ways was always that my dad was on the board of the urban league, which was probably the most impactful African-American advocacy organization in LA. Um, so you know, I as agree. a young man, like going to those, going to those meetings and, and, and just observing was just what you did. Yeah. Well, you got a great education from that yeah. perspective. Um, hey, we're going to take a break. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. And I'm spending time today with Kareem Webb. Kareem Webb uh, is the uh, CEO of Fourth Movement. And Fourth Movement is something we're going to talk about when we come back on the other side. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Dazed and Infused. 
Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Empire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being bring the body back to homostasis and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Empire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Empire. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. We're here with Kareem Webb, a CEO of Fourth Movement. I'm Vern Davis, your host, and this is Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. I'd love to um, pick this conversation back up. Uh, Kareem and I were talking off air uh, a little bit, and we're talking about uh, his parents and his father. What did you say about your dad? Um. What part? <laughs> you said a lot about your dad yeah, in the last yeah, 30, 10 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. but the, the part about uh, role model. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, as, um, you know, as an African-American man and as a man in general, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to look at your father and say, man, that that's, that's my hero. That's amazing. You know, so, you know, and it's really a character thing and his yeah. ability to communicate character and enroll people in being their best selves for fairness and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you are about fairness and righteousness, um, you know, and you live in the United States of America, you're going to care about whether or not people get an opportunity to compete fairly. And that's, that's really what equity is all about is, you know, um, I heard somebody say over the weekend, the Constitution of the United States, and we want all of it. Like we want to be able to possess and leverage every single word of it. Absolutely. And um, I think that's who my dad is and what how I saw him behave and what I saw him demand and the eloquent way in which he's gone about doing it. That's that. That's beautiful. That is absolutely terrific. And so you've been about social justice and social equity. There's a lot you're involved in. But tell me, let's go to cannabis. Yeah. How did you get it? How did you you take this mind concept that you have and 
you 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 put it in this industry and in the cannabis industry. How how did that all come together for you? What was the driver? The driver comes from my desire to have folks, um, you know, be able to experience what I experienced. Okay. Period. Because I know that it works. Right. So it's like, despite all of the kind of institutional disparities with respect to access to capital or with respect to educational attainment or schools or, you know, access to, to, to healthcare. Um, in the United States of America, we are a, uh, a capitalistic democracy. And, you know, um, I've seen my parents, you know, how they grew up and in one generation, what they were able to provide for my siblings and I. Sure. And, and how we show up in the world through ownership. Mm-hmm. And so I've been frustrated by the fact that we've had people of color or allies, quote unquote, as policymakers, but our outcomes haven't improved. And so mm-hmm. um, when a city councilman, because of the philanthropic work and how we've showed up civically as Buffalo Wild Wings franchisees, right. city councilman reached out and said, hey, man, the way you guys have done business in Buffalo Wild Wings, I hope you'll take a look at this space because this is interesting and we need people with the acumen to be able to help us figure out how to be successful, right? With the opportunity. Uh, That's important. I just want to make sure everyone knows that, that uh, Kareem is co-owner and partner of PCF. It's a restaurant management group that uh, has several uh, Los Angeles area based Buffalo Wild Wings uh, restaurants uh, as part of your investment. And um, go ahead, please tell the story. Yeah. And so when I got the call and, you know, you know, it's cannabis. Right. So for the last five years, for sure, you know, um, if people even perceive you to have any money, you've gotten phone calls about, hey, man, we're we're doing this grow. We're doing this. We're doing that. I'm like, "Ah, I sell chicken and beer, you know, (laughs) and develop young people. Not my thing. Uh, But when the call came around the social equity thing, I was like, oh, this is interesting because Mm -hmm. you're talking about a limited license opportunity. Yeah. um, You know, to be able to to do what I already know, which is like, and when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, I know that in Buffalo Wild Wings, I can develop people to operate, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. Mm -hmm. Why can't I do this and help folks that are going to get the license to do it? And then... Um, if we do it in a big enough way, then we can attract the capital necessary to have the talent uh, and the plan to open up best in class. So we're going to do it. We're not doing it to be mom and pop. We're not doing right. it to be around the way. It's like, no, where's the best real estate in L.A.? Boom, mm-hmm. put it there. Right? Now, that's important because what people don't realize, uh, you get this so- social equity uh, license, then what? Yeah, it's a license to have a distressed asset. You know, if you don't know what to do with it, right? Yeah. Or you don't have the acumen and the access to capital to be able to deal with it. It's a hard business to be successful in when you have one unit. It's a hard successful mm-hmm. to be it's a hard business to be successful in, especially when you have one unit and you're not vertically integrated. Um, you know, given um, 280E and, and mm-hmm. you know all of the tax implications and you know uh, depending upon where you are and even in California you know, with with you know a lot of biomass or or uh, you know supply chain available 
Um, From a product perspective, it's still very difficult to make money. You need scale. And so what we do is is we say, all right, based upon our scale, we're going to be able to drive costs down. We're going to create more margins. We're going to get the best talent. We're going to stand up best in class retail. We're going to market it better than anybody else. We're going to we're going to be the best of the best. Like we're coming to be the Chick-fil-A of, 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 you know, dispensary social equity or not, but powered by people who come from communities that have been disproportionately impacted by cannabis arrests and who are trained and vetted and totally enrolled with being their best self so that they can go make money mm-hmm. and take some of that money and reinvest in communities. Their kids are going to go to better schools. They're going to get better health outcomes. They're going to build wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how we change our outcomes. And when you think about, when I think about social equity, the the question is like, when you have any policy, it's supposed to be in the interest of all citizens. Right. Right. So the better I do, the safer you are. Right. The better I do, the more money I have, the more opportunity you have to do business with me or for me to go be your consumer. Mm -hmm. The better I do, the better we all are. And and what social equity policy is saying is that well, first of all, first of all, social equity means it's broken. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Somebody got screwed. Yeah, that's right. So it's broken. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it means somebody got screwed, and we did, Uh and therefore we're going to create this set aside opportunity, but we're not going to fund you, not competitively. Right. And we and, and the policymakers, their core competency is not training and developing people in a competitive way. Right. And so, um, you know, really, that's what Fourth Movement does. The name Fourth Movement comes from Dr. King, who talked about um, the existence of African-Americans in this country. And uh, if you described it in the form of a symphony, the first movement would be the abolition of slavery. And then the second would be civil rights, then voting rights, and the fourth would be economic equality. And, and we just think that ownership is the key. Fourth movement. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So how do you get people involved with you in the fourth movement to, to take care of these uh, folks and help them? Because basically what you're saying is you're, you're helping them connect the dots to all the resources needed to actually take this award of a of uh, a license in this particular case, we're talking cannabis and, and do something with it. Like you say, be the best, present yourself as the best, have the best dispensary, whatever it is that you could possibly have regardless of how you got it. It's the carrot. Okay. Um, and, you know, so you know, for us, and it's not just us, it's America has a poor people problem. We're just disproportionately yeah. poor. You know, and so when you're born into situations that lead to these kind of negative predictive outcomes, that's right. We're not, we, you know, we're not always conditioned to put our best foot forward. But when you kind of come with this carrot and, you know, uh, and the carrot says, look, all you got to do is be the best person you're going to be. We'll surround you with everything else you need to win. People show up big. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've seen. Yeah, I, I believe that. Believe that. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll continue our discussions with Kareem Webb from Fourth Movement, the CEO of Fourth Movement, and many other things. He's very active in the Los Angeles area uh, community. I am Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I'm here with Kareem Webb today. He's the CEO of Fourth Movement. You know, and Kareem gave me an education here. He, uh, before we left, he told us about how the Fourth Movement came about and from the King philosophy. And he is clearly, clearly operating uh, in the Fourth Movement. Uh, Tell us more about that, Kareem. Well, you know, uh, what's great about the cannabis space mm-hmm. is one that these are are typically limited licenses. So on most markets, you don't have, you know, it's not like you can open a burger stand. If I open a, a McDonald's mic and open Burger King across the street, right? right. Um, in the dispensary or in the cannabis space, there's limited licenses. And so it's a great place to be able to establish this equity model, attract capital, it's kind of sexy, et cetera. But we've always known that the model of 100% financing people, training people, doing a lot of really trauma-informed personal development, leadership development, people can be um, put into systems that are proven concepts that already work, right? Right. And so I I think what the uprising has done, like post-George Floyd and that momentum is accelerated these conversations that we were already having. And so with the mayor of LA, 
we're working on something, uh, God willing, with the Balmer Group, Steve Balmer, yes. uh, to be able to look at, you know, in pockets around the country and certainly in L.A., how do we stand up using the same model with mm-hmm. proven concepts, uh, people into ownership that otherwise wouldn't have been the case, and mm-hmm. then we can surround them with shared services or HR and accounting and some of the things that sometimes prevent us from being successful and just focusing on operating the business. The key is though, when you do that, for instance, at fourth movement, what we didn't talk about is that folks could only make up to 42,000 in order to apply to qualify. And in our model, they'll make more than 350,000 in the first 12 years of business. Right. So right. 12 months, 12 months, 12 months, right. Right. right? 350,000. So in LA where the average home price in LA County is over 600,000. Right. You can own a home, send your kids to competitive schools, all of that. How do we do that? How my general managers at, at Buffalo Wild Wings make a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. If the cap table, if, if 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 the distributions were different, there's definitely enough meat on the bone where somebody can make 200, 225, 250. Mm-hmm. So what if I didn't wasn't the franchisee and they were the franchisee and I surrounded them with services? Could we go have you know 10 mm-hmm. more people of color, black people that own these businesses? that do just as well and operate them probably even in a more committed way than my general managers do too, because they're compensated at such a higher level and they get the pride of ownership. How would they engage with community? They'd be doing stuff like I'm doing. Right. They would show up. They'd be invited <laughs> to be on commission. They'd That's be right. doing at-risk youth development. Yeah. Be, you, know, you know, when you have some resources and you get a little swagger about yourself, you can yeah. do things that you're passionate about. You get women who are involved in, you know, kind of the, um, uh, the, the human trafficking work that needs to be done, all yeah. the ways in which we engage to make a difference. When we have the resources to do it, we do it. And so uh, yeah, those are the that's, ways that's in which true. we all benefit from mm-hmm. uh, uh, including more people in this ownership uh, uh, conversation and this wave of, of conversation around equity, fair yes. piece of the pie. Right. I like a word called parity. Right. Um, uh-huh. And so how do we keep doing that? And those are the ways in which I'm trying to spend my time and to, to, to accelerate that. Well, that's that's great. And I, I see you've you've also you've taken that to uh, really to be true and the next level. And you created this investment uh, intentional investment group. OPV, tell us about that. So On Purpose Ventures, another yeah. Morehouse brother who's, who I met on the fundraising journey for Fourth Movement. Okay. And I met this brother that everybody, you know, just had the utmost respect for. And then another friend of mine, I'm a, a partner in a concept called Hilltop Coffee and Kitchen. One of my yeah. best friends, uh, you know, founded that. He's doing very well. Issa Ray is a partner. And um, the two of us, AJ is the creative, I'm the operator. Mm-hmm. And then Austin is the finance guy. I said, why don't we put together a fund so when we see opportunities in our own community, we can mentor people and be in a position to fund businesses that we think are worthy of being funded. So we're in the process of raising for that. And I think okay. um, we've got some really exciting things on the horizon there too. Uh, that is that is dynamic. That is absolutely very cool. And then, as you say, as you get out there and you get more confidence and you get a little swagger, uh, other folks recognize what you do and they want you to be a part of it. Now, you were just uh, put on the airport commissions board. Now, what is that, man? That's a big deal. Now, I know that's a big deal because every airport board in every major city is a big deal. 
So tell me about that. I'm really interested in understanding what happened there. Well, again, I mean, there's seven commissioners for LAX. Yeah. Um, it's called LAWA, Los Angeles World Airports, and I'm one. Mm-hmm. Um, the only African-American and really the only small business person. Okay. And so, um, you know, I'm, I don't spend a lot of time focused on how long does it take for baggage to get from the airplane to the, you know, <laughs> down the baggage plane. Yeah. I spend time thinking about. Um, okay, it's a billion dollars of revenue that comes through this airport. We're ten percent of the population. Do black people get a hundred million dollars of the money yeah. on that side, or we're spending, you know, twenty billion dollars in infrastructure projects? You know, is uh, you know, h- however much, you know, uh-huh. are we getting our fair share of the pie and access? And how do we make sure that we these public dollars being spent that we're getting a bigger share of the pie? Because that's how we're gonna again improve our communities is make sure that conscientious people who uh, can compete get the opportunity. And so, you know, I I look at, okay, well, this is not going to benefit me directly. (laughs) It's going to benefit our community by helping more people who otherwise wouldn't get a shot, get a shot. Mm -hmm. But you're taking advantage of your, uh, of your presence and the opportunity. And that's, uh, that is amazing. Kareem, we're coming to the end of this conversation, but is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, our allies, you know, for folks, I know that your audience is broad. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you think about like what is in the interest of you, your family, your community long term, I'll just return to this, to something that Ray Kroc said, is that none of us is as good as, as all of us. And, um, you know, um, and we want people to be able to compete on an even playing field. Now, somebody running with, you know, sprint sneakers on and somebody weren't running with boots with, with, with lead in the bottom of the boots, which has been the case in this country. Uh, and that, that really creating a fair playing field, um, you know, will benefit, benefit us all in the long term. And so I hope people will embrace that and think about what that means to them and the choices that we all make. Well, that's a wonderful message. Thank you, brother. Uh, for for sharing that with the audience today, really, really appreciate that. And it's a, a wonderful message, and it's it's great. And I'm looking forward to continuing to build the relationship and uh, see how I can help you do what you do. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I, I spent my time today with Kareem Webb, and Kareem is the CEO of Fourth Movement. He's the co-owner an operations partner of PCF, which is a restaurant management group in the greater Los Angeles-based area, which is a franchisee of Buffalo uh, Wild Wings. They have several properties there. And I, it's awesome. You can you can actually uh, find Fourth Movement on the website of uh, the number four, thmvmt.com. And Kareem has his own website, that's kareemweb.com. That's K-A-R-I-M-W-E-B-B.com. And you can uh, check him out there. Um, and I want to thank you again, Kareem. And I want to thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. Uh, Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global People Solutions. Uh, we are a people solutions firm. I'm Vern Davis, your host. You can get this 
podcast, Plant Profits at CannabisRadio.com, anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any major portal. You can follow Protus Global on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media sites. Learn about us and, and see really how we dive in and we build companies and we change people's lives. And thank you again. This is ProtusGlobal.com. It's P-R-O-T-I-S Global.com. Until next time, this is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.